0: FCM Fit
1: Podcast with Jimmy and Flavia Hi I'm Jimmy
0: and I'm Flavia
1: and welcome to this episode of the FCM Fit Podcast in this week's show
0: In fitness we talk about what we got up to at the weekend and the 4Gym Challenge
1: In nutrition we talk about what a flexitarian diet is and why we should all be eating less meat.
0: And in life, we talk about why watching the news can be bad for your health. And
1: we hear from dog behaviourist Joe Cottrell on the importance of leash walking and how to do it correctly. Okay, well, we've got a lot to get through this week, haven't we?
0: We certainly have.
1: So, firstly, let's just talk about the weekends. And what we got up to, it was quite a weekend, wasn't it? It was
0: a great day, wasn't it? So we were asked to attend the opening of a newly refurbished council-owned leisure centre oh. in Leicester in a place called um, Enderby. Um Now, I don't know about you, but... You know, thinking back to when I was younger, when you think back to local leisure facilities and what they were like. they were a little
1: bit rough around the edges, let's be fair.
0: They were, weren't they? Yeah. Well, there's a a new plan apparently going um, around the country where a lot of these establishments, which are huge, are actually being refurbished. Yeah. To an incredible standard, which we obviously saw at the weekend.
1: Yeah. And it was, Everyone Active is the organisation that is refurbing a lot of these leisure centers or or certainly did the one in leicester that we went to
0: yes i think they're doing several um and that's the plan and you know we're talking about huge huge i mean this was a a golf course um and it had massive you know badminton courts squash courts um initially and now it's been completely refurbished. let's just
1: get this into perspective right because i remember when we used to have our local leisure center i used to go down as a kid you know, we had what a couple of squash courts, uh, usually a main hall, and dodgy showers, and that, and that was about it. But this one, I mean, it even had a spa, didn't it?
0: They, I mean, it certainly did. Yeah, it was like literally a private members gym, wasn't it, it?
1: Yeah, it was like you know we've been members of wherever Virgin and the Field Health and all these things, and it it really gave them a run for the money. I mean, but you know the the great thing about it, I thought was that obviously they'd spent a lot of money on this thing there's millions of millions. pounds had gone but it was a community facility
0: absolutely you
1: know it was offering affordable membership to the community and to people who may not be able to have access to your david lloyd clubs mm. and all of these things that have these state-of-the-art facilities those facilities Worst state of the art.
0: Completely. The, I mean, the equipment. We'll talk about it in a minute. But the mm. equipment that was in there, that was available to people, was incredible. And and the variety of things that kids, adults can do in that facility, all under the same roof, is like immense. Really.
1: I know. I mean, we had a tour around. I think it was us, the local MP, the council, or whatever. I mean, they actually took us into the spa bit, didn't they? Mm. I mean, the spa was mental. I mean, I have to be honest. As a council-owned facility, to have a spa, even a spa. I mean, you to, as I said, a dodgy shower before. Yeah, it was brilliant. And then, of course, the gym area. Mm. And I, you certainly knew a lot about the gym yeah, area was on Saturday. Gym a good
0: go, didn't I? Because
1: I I? you took, obviously took part in the gym challenge, which I, did. I I have to say, you did incredibly. You absolutely smashed it out of the park with that challenge didn't you
0: Mm, yes I've still got doms I think
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean how how heavy was that sled that you pushed I mean that was like
0: so well I think it was definitely 100 kilos on top of it uh for sure and I probably the trolley I think they said was about 25 so about 125 kilos right
1: so how how, you're what 50 51 kilos
0: yeah about that so you're 51 kilos Mm -hmm. and
1: you're literally pushing 125 actually the pushing was okay but it was the pulling
0: I don't know which was worse, really. Um, I think probably I'd say the pulling was harder because obviously if you can put body weight against a weight, Mm. it's your body weight that's really moving it. But, you know, 51 kilos, 52 kilos against 125, you have to also put some more physical effort. You've got to manually pull this thing. And uh, I, I have to be honest, when I finished it, and we left and everything, and I sat back in the car. I did think, I wonder whether they thought I would try that and say, you know what, that's one, I can't do that one, or, you know, we have to take some weight off.
1: I, I can almost guarantee they didn't, because I saw the look on their faces, some people, when you were doing it. I mean, I think, you know, you were a five-foot-two dancer from telly, and you literally were pulling 100 and odd kilos across the
0: floor. I mean, it was crazy, but it's amazing. Like, I didn't even give myself the, like, I didn't even consider the option of saying, no, I don't think I can do this one. And I did it. But I think if I had given myself the option, maybe I would have opted out.
1: Well, that quite possibly could have happened. But let's face it, you certainly had your a bit that morning.
0: I certainly did. But the
1: fun the great thing about going back to the gym area, which I really liked, and I think we are seeing it more and more with lots of gyms is that they they separate it out into zones, don't they? Yeah, they so, do. So rather than your traditional cardio room and weights room or, or just one big room, they're literally trying to separate it out into these mm. zones. So, what what did we have there? We had. Um, well, I think they
0: had a, um, a set. They even separated the weights actually because <clears throat> they had obviously all the machinery, which was an immense amount of machinery yeah. for weight, you know, for weights weight machines. Weight, and weight machines. And then they had a separate room for free weights. So, your barbells, your dumbbells, K- kettlebells, key, and all, you know, the, cages the cage and all, and all that. of that. So, that was separated into to already mm. and then of course you had all your cardio and some of the cardio equipment was complete like the most modern mm. high-tech things that you will you'll be able to find that you know you struggle to find in any good gym yeah they... and then the great thing was apart from that they had this um um functional area well, that's
1: where you did the gym challenge wasn't it
0: yeah, so you had, like, ladders, but they were actually printed on the floor, which was really good. I really
1: good. like that. All that SAQ stuff, mm. all the speed agility and quickness stuff, the, lad- the speed ladders, the kind of... They had, like, numbered numbered squares rings that you, squares. You
0: push, you know, for example, the trolley you push up so you can see how far you go. Um, it was really cool, and they're really active. And I, th- I think a lot of trainers, what they were saying as well, which is obviously, you know, what we're learning too, that... Training is going in that direction. And the reason it's um, so popular is because really in everyday life, that's what we really benefit from. It's not necessarily just running on the treadmill or cycling or doing the same move over and over again. It's actually about using, like we know, different planes of movement. And in SAQ, speed, agility, quickness, you have to be able to turn around, go to the side, Mm -hmm. move, move forward. So you're moving in all different Plates of movement, and that's why that is becoming a really popular way of training people.
1: They had some really funky equipment there, didn't they? Mm. They had the air bikes, which actually was the first time you tried one. You know, if people don't know what I'm talking about, they are these sort of self-propelled bike things. Bikes that CrossFit guys use them. They're in the CrossFit competitions, where you're actually powering with your feet on this big sort of. It's kind of like a big roam machine turbine thing, isn't it? and you are also self-propelling the handles back Mm. and forth tell me that was pretty tough no
0: it was really tough I mean that wasn't one of the four challenges I'd done the four challenges and they kind of got me to try out you know some of the other equipment Mm. and I was quite interested in any anyway in trying that so yeah that bike it was I mean I've done other bikes before where you're moving your arms and your feet but this one felt different it felt like because it was powered by air mm. it was a lot more challenging and especially your arms you know and my shoulders were already hurting from what I had just literally been doing mm. um but yeah I really felt the uh you know the force of that it was incredible
1: yeah and there's other I think a lot of these new equipments are all self-propelling stuff mm. so they've got this like trail runner which I have seen somewhere else as well which is like almost like a concave sort of curved, curved treadmill. treadmill but there's no motor in it. There's no, like, you don't put it up to five and run. You have to self-propel yourself on this thing. So, actually, I mean, it's really clever.
0: I guess it takes, I would imagine that would use more energy, more calories,
1: mm.
0: uh, more of your body weight.
1: Yeah. But going back, if we just go back for a second, that's to to the gym challenge. <laughs> right. Because that, to me, was mm. probably the highlight of the weekend.
0: It certainly was, yeah.
1: But uh, from uh, the dance hit class, we'll go on to that in a minute. So, what were the four challenges?
0: So, I basically they had a board there, and I've obviously I was chest, um, setting a, a level, I suppose, for other people to then go and try and beat me.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which I'm sure they will. But anyway, the first thing I decided to do was the burpee. So I had to do as many burpees as I could in a minute. Right. So I did thirty, didn't I? I think which was it thirty? Is pretty yeah.
1: impressive. I that. mean, and,
0: and I didn't stop. So I didn't stop to take a break. Um, well, that's a
1: burpee every two seconds.
0: Yeah. So I'm not sure I could, if I could beat that. I don't know. I probably could. I'd never sort of, you know, counted how I many I could do it in a minute. So that was the first one. And then they off, you know, said, which one would you like to do next? So then I opted. So I did the, the burpees first, really, so I could warm up a bit. Yeah. And that was a, a warm up and a half. My quads were burning <laughs> by the end of it. Then I went on to a 500 meter row. At which point this uh, this poor chap had joined, hadn't he? He yeah. said, "I'll do. I'll join the chat. You know, the challenge." So he did the burpees as well after me, and uh, he got a really good score as well. And he was a big guy, probably six foot tall. Would you say you know, yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Muscle, muscly guy? And anyway, then we did the rowing, and I was like, a "Bit like this isn't a bit unfair." Yeah. Anyway, did pretty well on that. Actually, I've still got pain in my back from that. Uh, and then the third thing I did was a um, the trolley. So push that 125 kilos, had to push it along 10 squares and then pull it 10 square back. And, and then, then the last slamble. thing was a slam ball. Yeah, 6K slam ball. So overhead, pushing down to the floor, moving forward.
1: Wow. All in the day's work. And then, yeah. and then, and then after that, we, you then went off to do a dance hit class, which is actually the first dance hit class we, you have done to the public.
0: It is, yeah, to a group of people live. It's the first time I did it, so they were my guinea pigs. I told them all at the end, um, and it was great. Yeah, I picked three different intervals to do with them, and uh, it was great fun.
1: Yeah, so what intervals did you do?
0: So I did the rumba as a warm-up, Yeah. and then we did the Samba, and yeah. then we finished off with merengue.
1: And they had some funky disco lights.
0: It was brilliant.
1: I think that every gym should have these funky disco lights, because they really did add to the whole Dance it thing, didn't it?
0: Brilliant, yeah, absolutely amazing, massively, massively. So
1: it was good, and Mm. the feedback, we got a lot of great feedback as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I did ask for feedback, because obviously it's the first time I've tried it with a live group, and Mm. the great thing was a lot of people said it was very accessible. So I had a couple of ladies who came in and they said, we've come all this way, wanted to meet you, but we're not going to join in because we probably can't, so we'll just sit and watch. And I said, that's fine. And then as I was doing the class, I actually noticed that they were on their feet joining in. Mm. so that was really good to see that it's it's very accessible for for everybody
1: yeah so that's good so the moral of the story is do not judge a book by its clever a five foot two italian dancer <laughs> can push 100 kilos okay so let's move on let's move on to nutrition what we're we saying
0: so this week we're going to talk about flexitarian diet
1: all right mm, interesting
0: mm. so the first time i came across flexitarian the word flexitarian, was when I recently did a, a piece for Fridge Raiders for one of the magazines. Yeah. And they asked me for a list of like a weekly shot, basically. And then they go out, they source all the ingredients, they put them in a fridge and then take a photo. And then you end up in the magazine with a photo of you. And then they have a nutri- nutritionist who basically looks at your diet. You give her like a, a two, three day diet plan that you, you go by. And, uh, and then she marks you nine out of 10 and kind of tells you, you know, whether you're doing well or not so well. Marks and, you um, 9 out of 10. Oh, which uh, she marks you out of 10. Yeah. And I've given it away <laughs> that we got, got we a got, 9 out of 10. Which
1: is quite impressive, really. I'd much prefer 10 out of 10. But we will go into what we got the point knocked off for. But... The funny thing is, is that she did, she described us as having a really good flexitarian diet.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then we proceeded to go to Google and find out what flexitarian yeah. is. What is meant. a
0: flexitarian diet?
1: Because I was a vegetarian for many years, as you know, when I was younger. And it was all about being a vegetarian or being a meaty to carnivore. Mm. Then the pescatarians turned up and they were the posh vegetarians who had... No meat, but had a bit of fish. I'm um, a pescatarian and vegetables. So you had vegetarians, pescatarians, and carnivores. Then, of course, the vegans were about. They're knocking about, which is obviously very mm. today, and everyone's vegan, which don't have any animal products at all and all that kind of thing. And then there's flexitarian. Mm-hmm. So I, we, I just, I never knew, but the flexitarian. Right, let's have a look. So yeah. when we actually went to our Mr. Our favorite friend Google, he says. A flexitarian diet, right, it's what flexitarians have. They eat mostly fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. Mm -hmm. Very good. Focus on protein from plants instead of animals. Yeah. Very good. Be flexible and incorporate meat and animal products from time to time. Yeah. Which is very good. Eat the least processed, most natural form of foods and limit added sugar and sweets. So actually, that is what we do. It
0: is exactly what we do. So we are actually flexitarians. There I don't think you know, there's many. Fle- I wonder how many flexitarians there actually are because it's not one or the other, is it? It's where you're trying to balance things out a little bit, which I I think is the best way to be.
1: Balanced diet. Mm. If you if you're looking to have a nice balanced nutritional diet, then I think. The flexitarian mm. diet, if you want to call it, mm. is, is a pretty good one to follow. It's one that we follow.
0: And you know what's great about flexitarian diet is the fact that I think people who maybe eat a lot of meat, it's a really good way for them to slowly improve their diet without, we'll talk about ways they can do that, mm. without making drastic changes Yeah. and feeling like they are on a diet that's different to what they're used to. They can actually adapt things slowly, mm. using some of the things we're going to talk about in a minute, to make those changes.
1: So for those people out there going, well, I love my meat. Well, you know, why, why should I stop eating meat? I mean, I've eaten meat since I was a little, you know, since I was born. It's there. It's natural. It's a more natural things to do. But why is it a good thing for us to eat less meat? Why are we being told all the time to eat less meat?
0: Well, obviously, you've got various different things. One of the things is obviously animal welfare. So we now try and eat organic or locally sourced meat. Mm-hmm. Um, we also cut down on our milk. So we only have uh, soy milk, oat milk, things like that. But the other really important thing is your cholesterol and your saturated fat intake. Mm. And I think when we looked at our diet before we became flexitarian, mm. we didn't realize that even though we weren't having a steak every night, we, we did actually looking at the diet that we were ha- on, that we were having nibbles, weren't we? We were having chicken as a nibble. We had ham slices, um, little other things that crop in here. Like you don't really think of as meat as such because it's not a burger or a steak, but actually it adds up. And even things like chicken, which people think like it's an, a healthy option, still contains saturated fat.
1: Mm. Now, saturated fat is not great in large amounts, is it?
0: No. No. You then also can have uh, high cholesterol, which is really bad, which can lead... You know, all these things will lead... High excess amounts of these things will lead to heart attacks and strokes and things like that. Mm. So they are... We, You know, I saw some horrendous photos when I was doing the Nutrition Advisor course of your arteries and what can happen when they get clogged up and Mm. and become really narrow and blood Mm. can't travel through them. And that's all because of bad lipids, so bad fats in the body.
1: So that's really caused by a bad diet, high intake of saturated fats. Mm -hmm. Build up up
0: of cholesterol.
1: Build up of cholesterol and a non-active lifestyle.
0: Absolutely, yes. So, So fitness and exercise is a massive part, plays a massive part in that. Yeah. So that's a whole other, you know, thing but if you yeah. look at just the food, then, you know, it's, uh, you've got to be really aware of how much meat you're actually having yeah. on so, a regular basis.
1: Because we used to eat a lot of chicken, didn't we? Because we actually mm. thought that chicken was a, a healthy alternative Option. to the, let's say, the more traditionally kind of regarded high saturated fat meats like beef and stuff
0: and also if you think about it you know me being on tour chicken was a real easy go-to because i could easily pop into a supermarket and get like a little packet of you know chicken that i could just eat you can easily get chicken sandwiches they're very accessible um you know little packaged meat um parcels from Sainsbury's or Pret or anything like that chicken is always it's always there isn't it chicken it's not mm. like a steak or a burger you no, can get chicken anywhere
1: it's a it's it's sold as like a daily a food a daily
0: staple food
1: but chicken is as bad as let's say beef for cholesterol levels and I'm talking about even the leanest cuts of chicken there's no difference between the two really so when you go and get your sandwich or whatever and you think well I'll have a chicken sandwich it's going to be no better than 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 having something which you would probably regard as having more saturated fat in. So, if we didn't want to eat chicken, if we didn't want to go down that route, what sort of alternatives could we be looking to have uh, for our protein? Well, one healthy the, protein.
0: One of the things that obviously we uh, we basically came across where well, you were you really introduced it to me was all of the um, alternative options.
1: Oh, the do we mean the meat substitutes we like. Meat to Meat substitutes, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a mind-blown moment for me i i was a vegetarian before and it was corn or linda mccartney's and let's face it corn's great i mean when we started doing the flexitarian stuff i introduced you to corn didn't i and we mm-hmm. said well i get this corn stuff you tried it and we haven't looked back we have our corn sausages and stuff like that but it was literally corn linda mccartney sausages and that was it now because we have a whole new breed of people out there who are not necessarily not eating meat because they are have animal sort of welfare issues and animal rights and stuff. They're trying to stop eating meat. They like meat, but they're just trying to eat less of it. And this is where all these companies have now come out Mm. that are creating these incredible... Absolutely, meat substitute foods.
0: I mean, I I never I've never been a vegetarian before. I'm now a flexitarian, so I had no no experience of eating you know corn. I always thought I would hate it. I you know I couldn't understand why people would want to have a, a veggie sausage. I just couldn't you know sort of think that I'd ever eat them. Now I absolutely love it. Absolutely mm. love it. I think the great thing if you are somebody who loves meat but wants to have a healthier diet, the great thing about them is like in your weekly shopping and and the way that you cook your weekly meals doesn't really necessarily now have to change so if you have bangers and mash on a monday and then you have like um what can you have a steak steak on a tuesday you have burger on a wednesday
1: chicken fillets (laughs)
0: chicken fillets on the third but you want to improve your diet you can still have all of those things they're all available in a shop but they're not meat Mm. they're made from soya products Mm. and they taste great because what they've done is they've added flavorings and texture and made them smell and feel and the look of them
1: well they even do there's a i think it's the whatever it's the plant pioneers or the ultimate burger or one of these burger things we have a steak by um vivera i think mm-hmm. it's one of our favorite ones and they they even these these some of these things they put like beetroot juice in the burgers and steaks to so when you cut it it's like a bloody steak
0: yeah exactly so they're really aiming it at I think they're, ma- they're aiming at people who love meat but for health reasons or lifestyle reasons they want to improve their diet. Mm-hmm. So if you are um, a vegetarian, you've always been a vegetarian, I cannot imagine that you would be interested in these alternatives because you've got no association or connection with what a t- sausage tastes like or smells like or having a steak. But if you're a meat eater, this is a great way of improving your diet and still feel like you're getting that fix yeah. and also not changing the way you you cook during a week because it's quite difficult to go from cooking a lot of meat to then just making things out of beans and lentils you know you don't have the skills to be able to fill your weekly table with that
1: my mind was blown my, my favorite thing that really turned me was the vivera they do these vegetarian kebab meat right yeah vegetarian kebab meat and they do two types as far as what we get anyway it's a shawarma and then there's a greek and they comes in like these packets. It's like kind of sl- little mini sliced bits of the donna kebab, but it's soybean protein, it's soy protein. And it completely, reven- it just like blew our minds, didn't it? Because we used to like the old naughty kebab back in the old days, you know. But we have this, we make this easy, just cook it on the stove, then you put all your, you know, your pickles and all the stuff you would normally have and you would not, I, I wouldn't know the difference. And you actually don't have that feeling of that fat feeling oily. that you have the day and the day after so yeah i would check them out the bavara shawarma and greek kebabs are absolutely amazing but away from the meat replacement stuff as far as if we want to get it from vegetables what other things can should people be eating if they want to get their protein but not from meat-based sources
0: so you've got your beans your lentils your chickpeas whole grains of course which we love we only mm. eat whole grains Dark leafy greens, broccoli, lots of other vegetables, tofu, soy Oh, yeah, so you've got milk. those soy,
1: so you have yeah. those traditional soy products. Uh, the uh, I don't know how to say it. Tempeh? Tempeh? I think so. I think that's Tempeh. how you say it, yeah. Tempeh. Tempeh. Tempeh? Tempeh. Anyway, we have that. Tofu, as you said.
0: Nuts and seeds.
1: We now start snacking on nuts a lot. Yeah. You know, seeds and things like that. So yeah. there's, there's plenty of ways of replacing
0: that yeah absolutely the one thing that obviously going back to our 9 out of 10 the one thing to be a little bit careful of is that sometimes to make the the the, these alternatives taste good obviously just keep an eye on flavourings and salt salt how much salt there is in the product. Because what you don't want to do is it decrease your saturated fat intake and then up your salt intake.
1: Because then that will... So that was a 9 out of good. 10,
0: obviously, because you've just got to be aware and check the packaging.
1: Yeah, I think with all these sort of uh, meat replacement products, if they're packaged and they've got, you know, they've got sauces and flavourings and all of that, you, you've got to be, look at the back because they'll probably be high in salt. Yeah. So if, when you can get the kind of slightly plainer versions of these things and then you can do your own flavorings naturally afterwards. Yeah, but
0: again, it's everything in moderation, isn't it? Because if you suddenly go from eating loads of meat to eating loads of alternatives, which are high in salt, then that's not going to be good. But if you integrate them into a balanced diet where you're also having your beans and lentils and chickpeas and whole grains mm. and you're having these alternative um, meals, then that's fine because you're balancing it out, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Well... Go on to live section. Now we are going to into. Well, we've interviewed Joe.
0: We have
1: uh, our friend who's a dog behaviorist. She's absolutely amazing. If you've got a dog out there, you'll want to tune in and listen to Joe's advice because she knows what she's talking about. She's helped us both loads over the last few years with r two, and she's she's great. But for first, I want to talk about before we get to the interview with Joe. I just want to talk about the news. <laughs> i want to talk about the news. Here we go. Right, and the effect it can have on you and your daily life, all right? Now, part of what we've been doing, as you may or may not know, is that, and this all really stemmed from when we interviewed Camilla, of course, and it was about taking care of your your subconscious.
0: Self-care.
1: It's self-care, and your subconscious is basically what drives us through life, yeah? It's formed when we're very young, but it's the kind of thing, it's the thing that is the bedrock of our, our life. It kind of what drives us to make decisions. It affects the way that we kind of hold ourselves. And it also affects the way of what we take notice of in life, what we focus on. And more importantly, the subconscious helps with the energy that you put out into the world. Yeah. And that energy that you put out, you can expect to get back. And that is like the law of attraction. So you put energy out, you will get some back. So you have to be very careful about what you let into your subconscious. All right. Because otherwise you're not going to be able to move forward in the way that you want if you're not in control of it. So there's one thing that we have both been doing recently, which is actually is a bit of an experiment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, And it's something that is actually actually worked we've started we've realized the power of meditation we've used the power of affirmations which we talked about before and we're also trying to be quite resolute and staying in our certain state of mind because that we're able to focus on things uh, and achieving the goals that we've set ourselves right so one of the things that we've actually had to stop doing as an experiment is to religiously listening to the news now you may be saying well What's wrong with that? I need to know what's happening in the news. I need to know what's going on in the world. How how is that going to affect me? I'm not saying don't look at the news and about you know and don't read the news because I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on with the politicians. I'm like interested about what's going on around the world, but I choose to do that at a time when I choose to do that. You know, there are ways now today where you can pick up pieces of information, pieces of news. On so many different sources. Well, it
0: gets sent to your phone now, doesn't it? You can have BBC News, and you just keep getting updates.
1: Absolutely. So you can you are in control of uh, accessing the relevant news that you, and you want. You can also
0: pick what stories you want yeah. to read about, and find out about what stories you, you don't, don't want to read about.
1: But one of the things that I've we've stopped doing, which has made a massive difference, because we listen to the radio a hell of a lot, we have always have in the background. And going back to the point about affirmations. Right. If you start the day in a positive way with affirmations that you affirm yourself with, where I'm going to achieve this, I'm going to do that, I'm whatever, then why would you let negative affirmations come into your subconscious on the hour every hour? If you listen to the radio, that's basically what happens. Mm-hmm. Some of you may not, some of you may only watching news in the evening but you are letting in negative it's almost like you're like,
0: you're doing like a mini meditation every so often mm. but it's a negative one yeah because it's all negative stuff that's like being thrown your way
1: absolutely and you know you think of I switched it on the other day we had the virus in China which is fear and creates anxiety you also have you have terrorism you have Brexit for what it was worth. Mm, you have tragedy, You have house prices falling. You have all of these things that are literally flashed into your brain or in your subconscious all the time. And if it's one of those things that, if unless you're aware of it, it's going in and it creates a a certain energy within you without you realizing, without it as even well. knowing. And I
0: think if you are able to take the news every so often when it comes on the radio and then counterbalance that with having enough time to be able to meditate positive affirmations and po- positively, and mm. that would be all right. You could balance yourself out, but there is no way people have got the time to do that. So you're always going to be stacked up against yourself, aren't yeah. you, with negativity? Well,
1: negativity, if, if we're saying that 95% of news is negative, which I think I'm in saying it is, mm. apart from the jokey story at the mm. end with oh, so-and-so has won a million pounds mm. or whatever... We know that negativity damages your emotional well-being, all right? It's not actually setting you on the right path. So we know that you letting that in is not helping your cause, all right? No. You also have to ask yourself, well, being aware of something negative, is that going to make you happier? Mm. Is that going to change your life? Well, no, not probably not. But what it will do, it will knock you off your own path of achieving your Mm. certain goals and your positive journey that you're on. So actually, knowing about something that happens somewhere else and it's nothing to do with you, probably you should probably not know about that because mm. there is no benefit to you other than inducing some degree of fear or anxiety. Yeah. So if you can see the news as an infinite, it's almost like an infinite source of negativity. Yeah. In a way, which it can be, uh, and we know, you know, the effect of being in an anxious state of mind. So you probably don't sleep as well. And Sleep, as we know, is very important for you know your well-being and stuff like that. So. They're very clever as well. One more point: they're very clever. The news is very clever because they also, in the way they write the news, yeah, yeah. So they don't tell you. So there's. This, I read this thing the other day where, like, picture the scene: there's a guy in a car, in a nice car, driving, who's uh, got a good job, and he's driving, and he hits, it goes over a bridge, and the bridge collapses, and he falls into the thing. Right? The news story that you will read would be about the man, his life, the kids he left, his car, his car's been written off. No one knows what happened to him. Isn't it a tragedy when actually the news should be about the bridge and why it fell? Yeah. Because what they're creating is like a, a it's almost like a, a, an a emotional, serial.
0: An a, emotional, like, you know, tragedy that you will internally like, you know, maybe like turmoil inside. Well, if
1: news is conveyed in this sort of way, then you become addicted to news and that's why you want more and you keep tuning in, tuning in, tuning in. So anyway, my point being is that give it a go.
0: minimize 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 minimize,
1: learn what you need to learn read what you need to read choose the sources in which you actually get the news as well because there are some sources out there that tell you what they want you to know not Mm -hmm. what is actually happening as you know in certain newspapers that do that so yes that's my thing about the news very good good right without further ado we'll have some doggy talk shall we?
0: Yes let's do it.
1: Let's go and move to Jo and she's going to talk to us all about leash walking. So Joe. so I wanted to ask you about leash walking. Now we know with R2 that it was very important to get them correctly walking on a leash from a very early age but I see so many people struggling to walk their dog. Can you just tell us a little bit about leash walking and why it's important to have that with your dog?
2: Sure. Well it's it's not just about the tool, but it's about how your dog respects and trusts you on a walk. So unfortunately a lot of people let their dog pull out in front of them and lead the walk and get, you know, pulled left, right, and center. Uh flexi leads, people just put their dog on flexi leads and let them, you know, roam around. The walk is a mental and physical exercise for a dog. So it's where a dog learns to trust and respect you as their leader. So you need to be walking your dog so the dog is walking next to you respectfully calmly in what we call pack drive so dogs have three drives pack prey and defense and pack drive is what you want them in most of the time where they're mentally physically just following you and in order to achieve that you have to use different leads depending on the drive of the dog so if for example pablo um really struggled to walk next to you and was always pulling because he was always in prey drive wanting to hunt, chase or play, then you would need a lead that would control him the most. So there's kind of three options. Uh, The first option is a slip lead. The second option is a figure of eight, which goes over the nose. And the third option is a halty. So the weakest part of the dog is the neck or the nose. Mm. So if you want to control a dog... It makes sense, really. You 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 want to control them from the weakest part of their body. Mm. And the problem is a lot of people use harnesses on a dog and harnesses naturally sit on the chest and the shoulders of a dog. And so they're going to naturally want to pull from that area of their body. So harnesses are great if you want to go running with your dog Mm. or cycling and you want them to pull you. But for walking, you need to try and get them onto a slip lead, a figure of eight mm. or a halty as well.
1: Because like the harness is like almost like someone coming up behind you and grabbing you from behind and, and holding you, you that and way. And it,
0: yeah, it's yeah. almost like telling the dog that you want them to, to actually pull, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's that feeling of like being on a sleigh and you know, yeah. that's what where I see a harness. But they are unfortunately probably the most popular, aren't they? Because I think people... Well, they're marketed you know, like it that way. They're mm. marketed like it's an yeah. easy tool. yeah. But actually you can see that the dogs are struggling, the owners are struggling even more.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, they're termed as a no-pull kind of device um, and that's not true because the dog naturally wants to pull Mm. when they're in a harness. So um, you have to just be a little bit careful, obviously, depending on the breed Mm. or the age of dogs. So with puppies and particularly small breed dogs or dogs that have um, not great airways or uh, flat-faced dogs, you have to be careful how much pressure you're putting around their neck because obviously they can't breathe very well. They haven't got very large airways. So you have to just, you know, watch what lead you use on those. Um, and the dog will protest a little bit. Mm-hmm. So particularly when you're using a halty over the nose or a figure of eight over the nose, your dog will want to try and get it off to start mm-hmm. with. And the key thing is, is just to keep going. Just tell your dog, leave it every time they try and get it off and just keep marching forwards. And then eventually, you know, you might want to use a bit of food as well just to encourage them, but eventually your dog will stop protesting because they realize they're not going to win this mm-hmm. battle. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to just persist with, with walking them on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally 70% of your walk needs needs to be in pack drive. So walking by your side with your dog respectfully, calmly on lead by your side. And then 30% of the walk roughly, they can be, you know, as long as they're reliable to be off lead, they can be off lead in prey drive, playing, chasing, hunting, sniffing, um, as long as they recall back to you, of course. <laughs>
0: That's a whole other yeah. podcast what, topic.
1: One of the useful uh, things that we did when we were training Pavlons out in the lead was the lead and follow which was, you know, obviously just walking and always making sure that they're either at the side or behind you. So if they're so ever at in any point in yeah. the change yeah. of direction, which I found really useful. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's an awesome exercise and it's really easy to do. Mm. You just mm. have your dog on a long line and it doesn't have to be, you know, 10 metres. It's just like two, three metres away. And as they drift ahead of you and, and get the scent of something or interest in something, you just turn them and just say, let's go. Mm. And then turn and go the other way. And you can again, you can use food to try and tune them into you and motivate them. But if they're not food driven, they're not interested in food, Mm. then it becomes a bit trickier. Um, So squeaky toy if they're interested in toys or just you and your voice. But um, recall is the most important skill you can teach a dog. And unfortunately, it is the skill that people do not teach their dog Mm. for long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they let them off too early, and uh, because the dog doesn't respect them very much, um, they just kind of do what they want. Mm. And then that's when dogs can get into trouble with other dogs or people because they're not recalling when mm. they need to.
0: Yeah, it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. I know we know, obviously, you know, you get to know all the dogs near where you live and things like that. And that we know some dogs that because the owner's not confident with a recall, will never let them off. Yeah, and some of these dogs are big—you know, big dogs that need mm. to run and release mm. energy and exercise, and they're always walking on a leash mm. and pulling, mm. and mm-hmm. it's quite sad, isn't it, to, mm. to see that? I mean, we—I just I, find it incredible,
2: you know, when I'm driving mm. along and I see people walking their dogs, and it just amazes me how many do- how many people are happy or just make do with their dog pulling them down the path Mm. you know they must have shoulder issues and back issues Mm. but there's nothing
0: nicer (laughs) like we love going for walks so we actually enjoyed leash walking but there's nothing nicer than going for a walk with your dogs when they're just plodding along next to you. It's a well, great it's feeling. It's such an enjoyable thing to do. It's, it's when
1: you connect. It's I a mean, bond,
0: it's yeah. It's just so funny. I, feel, I, think,
1: I think picking up on your first initial point, which is about the importance of the leash walk, mm. I, I recognise that massively, and we both do. And I often see people in their big 4 befores. Get leaving the house, chucking the dog in the back, getting to a field, opening the door, and letting it. them run. Yeah. Yeah. And that connection of walking with there them there is, is no never connection. Done. No. And it's such a shame because yeah. you know it's 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 you know, people who are listening or interested invest in leash Time walking with yeah. your dog.
0: And you've you've done a video, haven't you, you on this? On yeah. to, of explaining a little bit about how to do it and actually showing people
2: just showing you the different types of leads um and how to walk your dog um to build that pack drive um and just tune in with your dog when you're out walking with them you know don't don't be busy chatting with friends or you know busy on your phone yeah um just really tune in and start to motivate and connect with your dog um you know the biggest thing is connecting with your dog and and so many people don't
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. No, that's um, been fantastic. Actually, uh, hearing that because I think it's a a real kind of you know topic that um, I think most people have a a problem with Mm. when they get a dog. So, especially if you're thinking of getting a dog, Mm. it's great to know a little bit, you know, what to do, what to expect.
1: Check out Joe's YouTube video, and you'll see it in action. Yeah, great. All right,
0: nice to see you guys.
1: Well, there you are. I mean, how important is leash walking to us?
0: Amazing. We love it. It's the most enjoyable part, really. Well, it's
1: it's like we said in the interview. It's very important, all right. You've got to learn to walk with your dog because that is your bonding experience. That Mm -hmm. is your time when he respects you, you respect them. Mm -hmm. There's a connection. It's not just about. as I said, chucking them in the car and chucking them in the field. You've got to have, try and have that connection. And also, it gets you out and about and gets you fit.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get in a car and then just like let them run around while you're just kind of hovering. You yeah. know, do a, a purpose walk, you know, with the intention.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So, Anyway, Jo's going to be back from time to time. She's going to be telling yeah. us some more useful facts over the coming weeks and months about different things that we can do to improve our relationship with our dogs.
0: Absolutely. And I think if you have any questions, any particular questions you'd like to ask Joe, then please send them in to us and yep. we will do our best to get those answered for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so our message to you. So this week, along the lines of affirmations, hmm. positivity cutting out negativity, negative news stories and all of that, I am going to just read you a positivity affirmation. Shall
0: I close my eyes for this?
1: It's a positivity pledge. Okay. Be serious now.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Okay. So here we go. This is a positive affirmation of the will. i message to you. I shall no longer allow negative thoughts or feelings to drain me of my energy. Instead, I shall focus on all the good that is in my life. I will think it, feel it and speak it. By doing so, I will send out vibes of positive energy into the world and I shall be grateful for all the wonderful things it will attract into my life.
0: See you next time.
1: The FCM Fit Podcast with Jimmy and Flavia.